It's 2020, and I am tired of not having written this novel. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It's not that I've never written a novel before, and it's not that I haven't written other books before, but this novel is not written yet, and I'm mad about it. It, Mm. I think it might be time for me to write this book. You know what? I, I have some things I've been wanting to work on, too. I like this idea. Yeah, I would really like to read a book by you soon, Lucy. I'm a little I'm a little mad about how I don't get to read a Lucy novel right now. Yeah, I'm mad at all the unfinished Robin stories that I never get to see the actual outcome of Robin. Yeah, maybe we should write our books this year. Yeah, we should like get on that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> oh man. So we're being uh very casual and facetious about this, but for serious we need to write our damn novels. We need to button chair, write our damn novels. <laughs> I know that Lucy is ridiculously overqualified. <laughs> like, Lucy, tell us a little bit. Well, tell us a little bit about, like, your education and your work history. Oh, yeah. Yes, I always feel overqualified when it comes to my education. Um, and then a little underqualified when it comes to work experience. But, um, yeah, so I have... I got my BA in English with a minor in writing and film studies, randomly. Um, and then I went straight from that to a grad program that focused on book publishing. And so I got my master's in book publishing, which is technically a master's in writing. And yeah, I did that because I, I wanted, well, I did that because it was the recession in 2008, 2009 was when I was yeah. graduating. And I was like, nope, don't want to go out into that workforce, which, yeah. <laughs> Was yeah. a good choice, I think. Um, so I decided to go to grad school, and um, yeah, it was. I figured I would either get a job in publishing, or I would get the knowledge about publishing that would help me eventually get published. And I mean, it kind of, I guess, a little bit of both is what happened. I mean, yeah. some of those classes ended up being, I think, more useful both creative, like uh, both creatively and also like on an industry level than any writing class I'd ever had. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I did some freelance editing after that. I worked a little in marketing. Now I'm back in school getting a business degree, which is neither here nor there. Um, yeah, yeah I kind of brush over that you have been an editorial ex- assistant and you worked with um, at least one small publisher yeah. in Portland for, for years, though. And actually, when you were working at that small Portland publisher, you threw my name into the ring so that I got to <laughs> illustrate a book for them too, which is really nice of you and a really actually an interesting time in our lives. It's easy to forget. <laughs> yeah, I do. I kind of forget about that. Like I, I still actually have the magnets of that book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we made little, we made like merch and uh, because we helped promote the book at Wordstock in Portland. And it just like, this feels like a lifetime ago. And everything feels like a lifetime ago right now because mm-hmm. it's pandemic o'clock and it's really scary and everybody is out of work and things are just totally nuts. But it also just feels a li- like a lifetime ago because we, our careers have moved into kind of different directions and we've done so much and, you know, 
in, in the last few years. It's just that, no, really, like, we actually kind of worked for the same publisher for a while in really weird ways. So <laughs> yeah, we forget true. this. <laughs> I do totally forget that. I mean, it was, yeah, because it was so long ago at this point, and it was kind of like a budding point in both of our careers, but it didn't necessarily, like... Like I'm not that press doesn't exist anymore, so I'm not still with them. So it was it didn't quite go like places I was expecting it to, but yeah, definitely careers, a lot of um, worthwhile things were done. Oh yeah, our our careers like have outlasted that publisher, but I think every single person who worked for them, their their lives have outlasted that too. Like they're all doing interesting things, and we've yeah. met people who were still incredibly close to through that, and that was mm-hmm. maybe like the most worthwhile thing in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a special time. Yeah, so I'm like underqualified. I went to I art school. <laughs> I, I know I'm a little like I mean like like academically like I <laughs> freaked out in high school and told my parents I didn't want to go to college and they lost their minds about it. And so when I told them I wanted to go to art school, they were so grateful I was going to go to college and not just wash out of life because I'd been like a super teacher's pet like straight A student my whole life and that I was getting really depressed and messed up in high school. And instead of taking me to therapy or helping me in any way, they just worried about me a lot. Um, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that you would plan not to go to high school at any point. Or I mean, not to go to college. Yeah. yeah. No, I used to say that to them. Like, huh. I, I, for some reason, had it in my head that I was supposed to grow up and become a lawyer. Oh. And I didn't want to do that. I don't yeah. know why I thought I had to be a lawyer. But I thought, for some reason, it got into my head I was supposed to do this. Or that I was just going to, like, help run my dad's musical instrument shop. I don't know. I had some really weird ideas. And I just like was so in my head in my own worlds all the time. Like everything I did was about world building and character creating. Like everything I did was making comics and and designing video games. Like that's all I was doing. Like my Mm -hmm. life was just writing. Like I wrote (laughs) two novels in high school. Like mm-hmm. two. Can confirm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I printed like, one of them out for you. <laughs> yes, and illustrated it, and it's still in my house, and it's like a precious object. But, like, <laughs> I wrote two novels in high school, and I, I got into art school with a scholarship because I did this huge game design document with all these watercolor character designs. And of course, like, this was not actually in any way a game design. If anything, it was kind of like an animation production thing, but I was really fixated on it being for games. So I went to an art school that was a like production art school. They're gone now, which is fine, but I worked really hard there it, and I got a degree in video game art and design. And it's a real degree. Like, it's a Bachelor's of Science, in fact. Um, you took other classes, too. Like, I it did. Wasn't... Oh, yeah. yeah like, I, had I, remember. A, I had a full education. I remember I was miserable beyond belief. And... Mm. Like, I was miserable. Lucy can also confirm I remember that, that too, yeah. <laughs> I was inconsolable. I was really difficult. I was incredibly depressed. And I had teachers constantly asking me what I was doing at this school. Like, just like, what are you doing here? Like, my figure drawing teacher just being like, what are you doing here? And I, I think it's kind of an insult to how hard all the other students were working mm-hmm. and how talented the other students were. But it's like, I was really academically minded and the school... While all of the teachers who were doing the academic classes, most of them taught at, like, every other college in town. They were wonderful. Like, I mm. had some, like, incredible PhDs teaching me about, you know, history of material culture classes were some of the most interesting classes I've ever had. It was wonderful. But just the whole bent of everything, especially in the game design program at the time, was so terrible. It was really exhausting. It was really sexist and not very queer friendly. And I had a really rough time of it. But I did graduate 
with a children's book portfolio because one of my professors was a children's book illustrator and he took me under his wing a little bit. And I was very intimidated by him, but he did give me some really important foundational information about how picture books worked as an industry. Mm. And I segued from games to picture books like overnight. <laughs> yeah, well, still in school. Like, yeah. I remember, like, <laughs> like I it was did... like your last term of college. You just like did this 180. <laughs> like, yeah, I did this like completely different portfolio with a brand new art style that I created for this, which I still work in to this day. And I immediately got work doing illustrations for like a, a multimedia project. It was an online kids TV show. It was Kathy Kinney from the Drew Carey show. She was mm -hmm. Mimi reading as a, as this character, Mrs. P reading fairy tales and other classic stories out loud to kids. And I did illustrations that they processed into sort of animatics. And that was like the first thing I ever did. It was a wonderful project that was like not going to pay me a full-time wage because this was 2008 <laughs> and it was terrible. The economy was really bad, just like now, except uh, less epidemic-y. It was, it's so much mm. worse now, honestly. But the yeah. recession of now and the recession of them, they're similar enough, right? Yeah, we don't even know what this one's going to be yet and it no. already feels... Ugh. Anyway, it's not, but, it's not about that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like with that, with the small press that Lucy was working for, like I, I did a book with them. I, I did a lot of work on my own. I self-published books and I started doing comic conventions selling self-published picture books, but also piles of artwork and eventually like cute merchandise that I made. Um, mm -hmm. I still do this also, or I would be still doing this if conventions existed. And so when they come <laughs> back towards the end of the year, I will say that I do this again. But right now it's very surreal. Mm. So I became this professional artist right out of school, but very independently. I never mm -hmm. worked for, I never went into an office. I never worked for a studio. I never did the things that I thought I was going to be doing when I was in school. And I realized that while on the one hand, I really wanted to be part of a team, I also really, really just had my own passion for my own projects and the world that you live in. The best world for somebody who feels that way and doesn't have a ton of money and connections to just get in at the top level. Um, it's books. And of mm. course, books were what I'd always loved. And picture books were really important to me, but so were middle grade novels and YA novels and adult novels. So at some point in this mess, I my partner Nate really wanted to work on comics and didn't feel like he could draw them himself. And so we launched a really ambitious comic project together, which we're still working on. So then we started publishing indie comics. And a few years into that, I was on a panel at Emerald City Comic Con called Hire That Woman, which Janelle Asselin used to write a column called that. And she interviewed me for it. And it was really exciting to be mm -hmm. interviewed and to be on this panel. And I met Margaret Scott and she really liked me. She's a wonderful writer. She has been working for Nickelodeon recently doing animation development stuff. Um, but she created Windblade, who was the, the first female Transformers character who got to be the titular character of her own comic line. Mm. Very cool. She was great. And we riffed off of each other. Like we were joking the whole time. At, at the end of it, she took my contact info and like a couple days later, sent me a message saying, I have a Miyazaki-style dark fairy tale. Do you want to illustrate it for me? <laughs> and I said yes. Like the of dream? Course I did. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, that's my dream. And then we did it. So 
my first book, man, I'm, I'm skipping over how I did actually do that book for Penguin. Um, I oh, did, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did a young reader's edition of Wizard of Oz, which is also kind of a dream project. Mm-hmm. But the the circumstances were kind of hellish. And I think that I think we'll come back to that at some point because I just it's embarrassing. And I don't want to talk about it. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was it was great, though. The book, the book it was very cute. And, yeah, yeah, it was a good project. It's just like there there were it was incredibly fast turnaround. And there's some emotional baggage associated mm-hmm. with it. But it was great. But this project was something that, you know, this writer who's already kind of a name in the industry. She is, of course, a way bigger name now. But she sold it to my dream publisher. Hmm. And I just wanted to say that, like, I did not sell this first book. I did all this artwork, like we put together this pitch package. Um, It took us a couple months, but not that long. Uh, I did a ton of character designs and all this background work. And we, we worked really closely together to develop it. It ended up being in San Francisco, partially because I thought that that would be a good city for it to be set in. It ended up like so many details of it happened because we had conversations because of the designs that I did. Like we worked really closely. She was incredible to work with and so mm-hmm. kind. But she sold this book. Like she did all of the work um, selling this book. And I was really intimidated by that too, because I didn't have an agent and I didn't have a manager and I didn't have any kind of connection to publishing other than these one or two things that had happened for me and all of these yearnings at once. But once this book got published, I signed with an agent. And I have been working on other things ever since. But I haven't yet finished and sold a novel. Mm. And I've told my agent several times that I'm writing this novel. She knows (laughs) I'm writing it. I hope she forgets that I'm writing it because she doesn't ask me about it, which is very, very humane of her. (laughs) Because I want to like surprise her one day with like this whole novel this manuscript in her inbox and i don't know why i want this (laughs) i don't know why i think this is a good idea but this is like where i'm at it's terrible lucy you've also had a project published recently oh yeah a couple of years ago i had a short story um in a little anthology and you know it wasn't it wasn't anything big but they did find me which was kind of nice like they somebody found my website and emailed me being like, we're doing, you know, regional collections um, from different, you know, for the different states and stuff, and you should submit something. And so I did, and I got like really brief edits back that were just kind of like, you know, this word looks like it was typoed or, you know, something like that. Like not, not you know, really substantive edits, just kind of like copy edits. And I think the hardest part was cutting that down to be in a, a in the word count because, you know, oh, publications have specific, you know, page counts and stuff. Yeah. And that one was fun because I just, I don't write a whole lot of short stories. So I basically had to find, I'd like the beginning of something that was just, you know, a couple of pages seen in my head type thing. And I had to kind of like quickly (laughs) turn it into a story and then, you know, edit that story into something that made sense and had like a beginning, a middle and end and, you know, characters I liked and a conclusion I was okay with. And that was interesting. Short stories are hard because they're so short, obviously. Yeah. There's not a lot of margin for error or, you know, time to just kind of meander around. Like, you kind of have to figure out where you're going quickly. (laughs) Yeah, you can't just feel things out for a while. I mean, you can, but not in the story itself. Yeah. I think of you as being good at short stories. Oh. I think of you as being very good at that particular thing you described, where somebody says, like, well, we needed this thing. And I feel like you can usually create something really worthwhile and meaningful Mm. that, like, fits the bill. I always think of that as a skill you have. Awesome. I mean, I do like 
I like writing prompts. I find find them helpful. I find like you can pull a lot out of a, a, a simple prompt. And I think maybe your background in the kind of marketing and social media role that you had at your last job was also kind of like that. You were actually doing a ton of copywriting, like for years, and yeah. it doesn't feel like the same thing as writing a novel, even though it's like the same job title as writer. Yeah, but I think if I had to like point at why I have that like sit down, write the thing skill is definitely that like AP comp class we had in high school. Not at the same time. We took it different years, but we had a wonderful professor. And I remember that class just, it wasn't creative writing. It was essays, but every week at every Friday, we just spent the whole period writing an essay. And, you know, it was only like one or two, you know, handwritten pages, but you had to kind of just go and it got me really fast at writing and really fast at like... Yeah, at prompts. Because we wouldn't know what it was going to be about until we sat down in the chair. And this was to prepare us for the advanced placement tests, which we both did. Which unfortunately meant that I never took a lit class in college. Yeah, I did because I... Yeah, because you were a writing Because I was an English major, but it meant that I never took any lower writing classes. Actually, until like last term when I had some credits to burn. And (laughs) so I just... I needed to pad my, my... schedule was something and so I took technical writing but I think it was the lowest writing class I've ever had in college it was a very good class I mean it was a different type of writing was it useful to get that taste of a very different kind of writing even though it's a kind of writing I think you have actually done in your life yeah it was interesting because my professor did a lot of teaching about like rhetoric and um, we did this fun elevator pitch exercise which was nice and we went over resumes and stuff and it was good at kind of like honing in on how to like get your point across really easily which the type of writing I kind of enjoy is like oh, take yeah. a big amount of info and try and make it as clear and as simple as short as possible I enjoy that mind exercise <laughs> yeah I think that we are both people who are more interested in storytelling and writing for communication than mm-hmm. we are in just experimenting with pure language even though we're both really in love with language and love words and we like poetic language it's not that we're sort of like Hemingway super stripped down writers but we both have this like it's coming from a desire to actually tell a story that we have in ourselves not just that we want to play with language which I think is a legitimate reason to want to be a writer too it's just like that's not necessarily where we're coming from so I think it's good to kind of touch about why we're doing this and what this podcast is we kind of just wanted accountability, I guess, for getting our projects done this year, because it's been long enough. There are things we want to finish or start or (laughs) or whatever. And we both know that we can finish longer projects because we've done it before, but we haven't quite had the like specific deadlines and motivation, I guess, necessary or like external motivation. Like it's hard to kind of like put dates on things yourself. So we figured end of the year. I mean, it's already like April by the time this goes up, but still, we've still got a lot of year left. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for both of us, we know that we can write a lot in one month. So we give us a lot of months and then we can not only write a lot, but like write well Mm -hmm. and plan for it. Yeah. And I, I know that like Lucy has multiple projects to pick from. I have a particular one that I must actually finish. Mm-hmm. It is a book I have written like four times <laughs> and each time has been not good enough for me. 
And I think this time is the charm. And in fact, this time has to be the charm. This version will be sent to my agent. Mm -hmm. I think that the goal for Lucy is to be querying agents by the end of the year. Yeah, I think that that's a good goal for both of us is to try and have something that I don't know about by the end of the year querying, but at least have the first draft done. So like this is year one where we write and then year two, we do the query process. That was the other thing is like, okay, part of this podcast is just accountability buddies Mm -hmm. and maybe even some like open and honesty about like, what is it like to be trying to write and how often like we might figure out things about ourselves and our process that will help us fix each other's bad scheduling. (laughs) Lucy is really organized and I'm not as organized, (laughs) but I also like am a crazy overworker. We're both like super overworkers. I am less healthy about it i think well you're very inspirational though like i always feel more like writing after we have a conversation about it so this should be good (laughs) it is like the world i live in is just always trying to figure out how to get stuff done Mm. the book i'm currently working on which is a graphic novel that i did write so i have written and sold a book before Mm -hmm. i said my first book i did not sell the second book i did i (laughs) totally did it i'm really proud of myself i mean my agent helped a lot like a lot (laughs) But I sort of like sold it in person, which was magical and strange. And I'm not sure that I will get a chance to do that again with this next book. So I, I really have to like try to make it speak for itself. And that is really scary. But yeah, like I'm finishing up the project that is sort of codenamed Enchanted Forest. It will be done, I believe, in May. Mm. It might be done by the end of April, but that depends on the speed of publishing, which is not always super fast because very few editors have a lot of projects. On yeah. their shoulders. And we have no idea how this is going to set back all the industries. So Absolutely. I mean, like, I've been given some indication from my editors. Like, they've been talking to me about, like, what's going on with them and with this book. Mm. But to sell a next book is going to be a big, scary thing for all of us. Like, that's <laughs> definitely changed some of the timber of this podcast. But at the same time, this is a great time to write a book. I think Lucy gets summer off, which is I do. I, I'm very excited. And in a, in a way, I get summer off because there aren't any conventions and my book will be done. Mm-hmm. So it, like the pressure is on for me to like write stuff and sell it. But mm-hmm. I will because um, I have picture books that I'm going to be working on at the same time. So every once in a while, I might talk a bit about the picture books that I'm working on instead of the novel. But for the most part, this podcast is about kicking my butt to finish this damn novel and kicking Lucy's butt to finish her damn novel, which I think <laughs> she also has to start. Yes. I also have to decide on what it is. So that'll be yeah. the thing. <laughs> you have a lot of really good things to start with. Like Lucy is making this sound more dire than it is because she's tired. But like Lucy <laughs> has a lot of really, really good stuff to start with. Like also has projects that kind of like have been worked on before and could get finished, but also has like this really wonderful beginning of a novel that's like waiting to oh guys it's so good (laughs) i think the other part of the podcast is i just want to talk about how great lucy's writing is and be excited for you guys and maybe have lucy tell me how good my writing is once in a while (laughs) yes because i'm excited i have been with you on this project as you've written it since high school and i want i know the finished version of it robin I need it. I know. I need to do it. I need to actually finish this book. And again, I finished this book. It is a different book now. I have finished it multiple times. Yeah. This time, this time it will not be uh, hundreds of thousands of words long. And this time it will have a plot that has a discernible antagonist. And this time it will not be me in high school writing about what I think people (laughs) post-college are like. 
it's gonna be great. Actually, it's I'm they're now in high school, which is cute. Like I've I've swapped it around. So, be, <laughs> yeah. so my project will be a YA novel. I'm not sure whether Lucy's will, but it might be. Probably. It depends on what project I go with. I do have one that's about college students that does need to get finished at some point, but I don't know if that will be this or not. Yeah, and my problem is mainly just I have so many things that I like and stories that I feel like need to get done and it's just kind of trying to decide which like it's not like i have no idea what to do i have too many ideas (laughs) so we'll see um it's just gonna be what i'm feeling the most but also like one thing about writing is like sometimes you can write with inspiration but sometimes you just kind of have to write because you have to kind of push through not being super inspired sometimes you do need to take a break sometimes the lack of inspiration is that you need to take a break but um only for so long (laughs) Yeah, no, sometimes you have to, like, make yourself inspired again, and you have to write for future you. Mm -hmm. Write for the project, not for the joy of that moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, so, like, the third thing this podcast is about, other than accountability and talking each other up, which is just, like, it's a nice thing to do for your friends, too, for anybody listening to this, like, be encouraging. No one is really helped by you telling them how bad they are at something, like, if they need help, you could definitely help them figure out how to get through a hurdle that they have. Mm-hmm. But don't just pull people down and make them feel like they can't do it. Everyone can write a book. Like, we've talked about our backgrounds, but that's just because, like, we want you to have a sense of who we are. By no means does anyone have to have any particular background to write. Like, yeah. any background. Being completely self-taught is awesome. You might have different hurdles that someone who has Lucy's degrees has, but like some of the hurdles are the same no matter what. Mm -hmm. And we kind of wanted people to see that in real time because it's really easy when people talk in retrospect about how they sold a book. All of the waiting, all of the suffering, it gets downplayed and it gets erased. And some of that is because it's kind of embarrassing. Like no one wants to admit how hard this is. Mm -hmm. No one wants to admit how often you feel like a failure. But I think that the more people understand what the process is really like, the less likely you are to feel like a failure. Because, like, it is hard. Butt in chair finishing a book is difficult to do. Querying a book is hard. Mm -hmm. Selling a book is hard, right? Even if you have people who care about this book, like, even if you have an agent who wants to sell your book, even if you have editors who are interested in it, that still doesn't mean it's going to sell. And I think that the important thing about this is that we're doing it. It is very possible that neither of us will be able to sell the book we finished this year, and that won't be a failure. Yeah. That'll just mean that we have to pick up and write the next book. Yeah. And that can be hard when the book you're writing is one that you are deeply invested in, like <laughs> mine. You can tell that the reason I've rewritten it is I'm so deeply invested in it that it has to be good enough. I really, really want someone to care about it. I don't want to be I don't want to just move on from it. Mm-hmm. And so if what happens is that by the end of it, I just can't. Lucy and and everybody listening will kind of have to help me get through that and figure out how to pick up and move on. And I feel like maybe it'll be easier for me to do that if I have people helping me. Hopefully you won't have to do that. Hopefully it'll sell and (laughs) you'll all get to read it instead. So the outcome of this is either you get to read these books or you watch us pick up and work on our next book. Mm -hmm. Because that's the truth is that for anybody doing this, there's no guarantee that the project you sink your soul into is going to sell. It's devastating. That rejection is really, really hard to live with and get through. But if you know it's normal, if you know that it's kind of a thing that everyone goes through, I think it can kind of help people to be a little bit less intimidated by it and to not have that sense of external like, oh, I'm a failure because I couldn't sell my book. It's like, well, you didn't sell that book 
And the reasons for it are not personal and they're not anything you should measure your life by. It's just the terrible happenstance of like market forces, basically. (laughs) Yeah. And you'll get feedback that will help you too. It sounds kind of reductive to say like, well, and then and you'll get helpful feedback, but you will. Even if that feedback is, oh, this project didn't work for anybody. The next question is, okay, why didn't it? Mm -hmm. And to try to inspect that is also like useful. It's devastating, but you either stop or you keep going. And I think that that's kind of like our big thing here is we are determined to keep going. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I think it's, it is important to talk about like, I mean, I, I fully believe we're going to be reading your book in a couple years because I know the project and I think it's solid. But if we're not, it doesn't necessarily mean the writing is bad. A lot of books get rejected just because the publisher's not ready for that type of thing at the moment. They have something too similar or just something in a different genre that's not like they're not focusing on that at the moment. Like there are a lot of reasons books have trouble finding homes and a lot of it is just kind of luck. So yeah, there's a lot to be said for also like perseverance. Like just because a book doesn't get sold within a year doesn't mean that it can't get sold within five years. Sometimes, you know, you hear people talk about they'll get like their third book sold and then they can sell the other ones once they start building that platform's not quite the right word for this but once this readership i guess so yeah there's a lot of things that can happen and they don't necessarily all end in immediate publication but they just that doesn't necessarily mean that they have failed that just means that they're taking a longer path or whatever and that it's time to focus on the next project so yeah i hope we can do a lot of like i don't know exploring what you do when like your book is off querying and you literally can't like you need to stop looking at it because you can't change anything for a while (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that is why we're doing the podcast, is mm-hmm. that on the one hand, the two of us were going to have to deal with this anyway. Mm-hmm. We were going to have to deal with this off the mic, right? <laughs> we're going to do this thing. Like, this is happening. We're actually going to write books. But the point of talking about it and trying to talk about it with other people as well as with each other is to just sort of open this up. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's a, it's kind of an obfuscated and mysterious process. And of course, the two of us won't be able to go behind the scenes to every publisher who does or does not reject our books. Like, we won't know their side of the story. But to actually kind of, like, hear what it's like to sit through it and what it's like to go through it, it's not to, like, scare anybody off and it's not to get pity or even accolades for how well we handle it. Because maybe <laughs> we'll handle it. Well, who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to be honest about what it really looks like. Because when a book is sold... There's like this moment of celebration, and then there's the anticipation for the book to come out, and then people like it or they don't. But there are years, years of work before that moment, and no one is an overnight success. And often the project that people believe has made you into an overnight success may be 10 years into your career, Mm -hmm. might be 10 books into your career. Mm -hmm. Like, all success is overnight right? And no <laughs> success is overnight. Yeah. So that's just something that we kind of want to like, just like really show this process. Maybe we'll be able to interview some other people too, as we're going. Like there's a chance that we can talk to editors and agents and people that we know, like that might be fun to just kind of like get other perspectives, especially when we have the weeks where we're just waiting <laughs> for things to yeah. happen. Yeah. And we know a lot of other authors and I'd love to hear from other people about their part in the process. Yeah, especially as we start to find some of our own patterns throughout this. 
we'll probably have better questions to ask other people. Yeah. But also if people want to ask us questions, that would be really wonderful too, because we can help find information for you or just tell you what we already know. Yeah, exactly. And I think with that, it's time for our first check-in, Robin. Yeah, our first check-in. All right. So where are you? <laughs> where am I? I have already written about 15,000 words of this book, nice. which is scary because it's a chunk of it. And I don't feel like I've gotten as far through the story as I want to, but I'm going to just knuckle under and just finish this draft, even if it's too long, because I know I can edit it down. Like, that is fine. There's so many different ways I could edit this down if I needed to. But I, like, I'm already a little ways through. This document is from 2018. Mm. I didn't write at all last year. <laughs> like, I just couldn't. All of my time last year was spent working on Enchanted Forest, mm -hmm. so I could not write the novel at all. But I've already gotten quite a bit done this year. I wrote once last week. <laughs> it was that little check-in time that we had decided we were going to have on Thursday. <laughs> yes. So that was a rough day because my rat Bebop died on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. And I was a mess on Thursday. And I had a busy day trying to get a whole bunch of work done. And I still managed to like carve out like an hour and a half to sit down and I got through a scene that I had been wanting to write, but hadn't really like outlined properly. Mm -hmm. I got through that scene that evening and I'm really happy because I'm not in a hole anymore. Like, <laughs> That's so good. The next time I sit down to write, I like know what I'm doing and it feels <laughs> magical. But I did realize I have to do more research about like 1980s France, which has nothing to do huh. with my book, yeah. except that for the character in this scene who will be a recurring character. I want to make sure that I understand, like, where she would have to live to be part of cabaret mm. scene and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, part of drag scene. Like, where would she have to live to be a part of this? And trying to figure out, like, what drinks she would offer <laughs> these two teenage boys. Because I'm like, well, I feel like French people, like, it's it's all about wine. And I, so I ended up having a joke about her being like, well, I would be serving you guys wine, but you're kids and I can't serve wine to minors in this country. <laughs> and I... I it's funnier in the book, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I like it already. Maybe it's not, and I'll fix it. <laughs> it's okay. There's plenty of time to fix so many things. <laughs> so where are you, Lucy? So I also... I mean, we know you haven't picked... We know you haven't quite picked your project, but... Yes. You wrote. I know you wrote. I wrote during that same <laughs> hour and a half or whatever, which I think was also absorbed by trying to get some school something or other fixed. Yeah, so I'm at this weird thing where I've actually been writing pretty frequent. Well, I've been a bit of a block, but the last couple of years I've been working on this really long fan fiction, um, which if we've got any Dragon Ball fans out there, it's it's going to happen. I'm not going to tell you more details, but that's what I've been working on. And I want to- It's epic. It's, it's beautifully epic. written. It's so it's long. It's ridiculous. Guys, it's also ridiculous. It's really well written. Like really, really well written. <laughs> yeah. And it's just Thank like, you. it's one of those like, like this thing is, it's like, could this just be canon? Like, it's fine. Yeah, I would like it to be that level anyway. It won't but, be, but that's oh, fine. it will not. It will not happen. Um, he can't write characters. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's good. I enjoy writing it. It definitely got me out of kind of. I had spent a few years kind of working on the same stories and trying, kind of just like spinning my wheels, trying to get back at them. And then it was really helpful to kind of just dive into someone else's world for a while and like. I'm a big, you know, fan of fan fiction in general. I think it's like I think there's a lot of people doing a lot of good work that is getting non-traditionally published and that and fan fiction is one of those ways. So I'm really excited to it hasn't I haven't put any of it up yet, so I'm really excited to finish it and put it up and be able to like 
I don't know, have some of that direct feedback from people or at least like interactions with people that you can get. Um, whereas books take a few years, you know, whereas this I can yeah. have a chapter oh. up. Um, but that this is not about me finishing that. I want to finish that project in general, but um, that is not my year project. So I have to decide what I want my year project to be. And I have a few different things I'm going over. There's one that's kind of young adult, sort of paranormal romance, I guess, but not like heavy R romance, I guess. And I could work on that. And I just had that looked at by a, um, one of my friends teaches a grad class on editing. And so I had them look at the very first draft of this thing from like, I don't know, 2008 or something. No, like 2010. Look at that one and kind of give me edits on it. And I haven't, I haven't looked at all those edits yet. She hasn't sent me all of them quite yet. So I haven't gone over like the details of them. Yeah, like the class. The, the class will give me edits, yes. And I got to meet with them in like a, group chat thing because of course it was (laughs) the end of the term which meant the beginning of the pandemic it's fine so I got to get a lot of good feedback and they were very helpful and it was nice to have people talking about my story was really cool they asked very good questions and they were pretty good when I was like oh yeah no that character's trash he was just there because I needed conflict he's gone don't worry (laughs) so I could go back to that which is probably the most likely since I'll have newly had all these edits and that already has about the first like 10 chapters rewritten from a few years ago. So I could easily like dive back into that unless that's too much cheating for our project. But I already have 15,000 words of my book written. It's true. It's not cheating. It's true. Nothing's cheating. This is not like a nano thing that's all about speed. <laughs> this is just about like being accountable to actually finishing a book this year. This is about finishing. Right. It doesn't matter when we started it. Right. It's not project in a year. It's this is the last year of the... Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes, because we're definitely (laughs) not trying to tell everybody that you have to write a book in a year because, like, you don't. I mean, your your publisher might demand that you do Mm. and you can deal with that when you get to that point. But generally, they won't and you don't have to. And that's, like, not realistic. But for both of us, it's like, no, we we think we can. Mm -hmm. We think we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, our day jobs, such as they are, allow for that kind of time. Yeah. So. Well, so I might do that one. There's also, like I said, the college guys story that I might work on, which needs a rewrite, but has like a somewhat workable draft, whereas the other one needs a complete, aside from like the ten chapters or whatever, needs a complete rewrite of the original draft because I changed the tense. Yay. <laughs> so I, I can't use anything from the original, but this other one is... I rewrote it a few years ago and it needs like a middle but the beginning and the end are fairly solid so i could jump into that i could start a new project you're very enthused about my like high school students playing D story which i am I, I do have the beginning of it's either the beginning of a novel or it's a kind of short story about like a uh, one of the secondary characters i haven't quite decided who the if i do the novel who the main character will be Ooh. So, it, yeah, it might not be the character you think it is, or the character that is the main character in that short story. Because um, it is a short story for a class, just to clue everybody in, um, which I did really like. I'm really invested in the main female character mm. from that story. Like, I love the main male character whose voice it's in. Like, I love that character. Mm-hmm. But the character who's like, is kind of his love interest, like, I'm totally interested in her and really invested in her. So I'm just excited to see her in something. (laughs) Yeah. And and I feel like that project, like, I don't know, I love it. I feel like it's such a good take on kids playing D&D, which is a thing that can be really reductive or or redundant or just like, there's a lot of ways to do that that aren't very interesting. And I think this one is, and I think it is sweet 
and sweet is nice right now. Well, good. Yeah. I mean, that one might have the most like enthusiasm behind it where I like I want to write it as opposed to I feel like I should write it. That's a good reason to That's write true. it. That's true. Yeah. See? Also, the marketing side of my brain that has industry knowledge, that one might be easier yeah. to sell right now because there's a big boom in popularity of D&D, especially with like Critical Role, I think, has a book coming out or something. And Avengers Zone has their comic. Plus, writing for a younger audience and that book is aimed like it's not an older YA, it's like a younger YA. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's also a group of people who really need books right now, mm-hmm. like really need books and really need stories that are about togetherness and getting along and like about bonding with other students and ways you can bond with other students because that's going to be weird, mm-hmm. especially like coming out of this year, you're going to have people whose social development got really messed with. Yeah. So I-, I can see that just in general being like a really like good hearted project that people could really connect with. Yeah, so that might be what I do. I'm going to, you know, follow my muse or whatever and <laughs> hopefully um, be able to be have more for our, our next check-in. I should be have an update that's yeah. what story I'm working on. I'm excited to find out. Yeah. I think that's where we're at. I think we can finish this one. Yeah, this one ended up being a little long, I think just because we had to do a lot of stuff in the beginning. So probably most yeah. episodes from here on would not will not be quite this long. So, you know... Don't be afraid if you're expecting yeah. a shorter podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're aiming at 20 to 30 minutes, yeah. and this one is going to be like 45. Yeah, which will, will be fine. But Lucy, thank you so much for joining me on this quest. We are going to finish a book this year. Yeah, we're going to do it. Two books, in fact. We're going to do it. Two books, yes. I'm going to finish a book. You're going to finish a book. Yeah. We're going to get to read each other's books. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'm excited. All right. Well, I think that's it. You have a good night. Yeah, you too. And keep writing. Mm-hmm. Keep writing. Thank you.